Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be grateful the blood still works. Yeah. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day and this time. We pray now that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in our hearts and minds that we would be more than just hearers of your word. We would be doers as well. Let the fertile, great seed of your word find a place in us and help us to walk in the path you have for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Each and every one of us have gone through difficult times in life. For many of us, we suffer in silence. We suffer in isolation. We look better on the outside than we feel on the inside. But regardless of that, nevertheless, we still deal with challenges and difficulties in life. And the question I want to ask you is, what do you focus on? What gets your attention? What is it that preoccupies your perception when you are going through difficulties in life? Uh, Some of us are going through difficult times, for example, and we focus on the people or the circumstances that are causing the problems in our life. And that's not always a good thing, right? When we're focusing on them, because we're typically not praying for them. If anything, we're praying on them. Asking God to do something on our behalf to get them folk out of our lives. Uh, Sometimes we're focusing on the situation or the circumstance. Sometimes uh, we're focusing on how we're feeling and if we're not feeling right. Sometimes we're focusing on the grief. Sometimes we're focusing on that which depresses us. Here's what I've learned. Too many times in life when we are suffering, when we're going through difficult times, we focus more on the things going on around us than the one who lives inside of us. I want to submit to somebody today that the best way to get through what you are dealing with in life, especially when it is a less than ideal situation or circumstance, you've got to learn how to stop seeing and focusing on everything else and start focusing on God. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to see God in your suffering. How to see God in your suffering. Our text today is Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Psalm 22. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Now, I told you our rooted study this week is where is God in the midst of suffering? Uh, Most of us live under the misnomer, the misconception that somehow as children of God, we will get an exemption from trials, tribulations, suffering and other difficulties in life. In Psalm 22, the author David gives us some insight on some trials that he had to deal with himself. Now, here's what's interesting. Here is David, a man after God's own heart, and he is chronicling for us how he felt when he went through a difficult time in his life. For those of you who may be New Testament readers and scholars, scholars like to look back at Psalm 22 and 23 and verse and Psalm 24 and they call this the trilogy of the great shepherd, the trilogy of the great shepherd. So when you look at these Psalms through the lens of the New Testament gospels, you will see for example in Psalm 22 that he is the Good shepherd who dies for the sheep. In Psalm 23, you will see that he is the great shepherd who cares for and loves the sheep. 
And in Psalm 24, he is the chief shepherd who will return from glory to reward his sheep for all they have done. Today, I want to do something a little different. I don't want to approach this text hermeneutically looking at the psalm through the lens of the gospel. Instead, I want to look at this psalm through the life of David. So we're not going to look back from Jesus. We're going to look forward from David. What is it that David went through that can help us to see God in our suffering? Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize you will experience suffering in life when you feel forsaken by God. You will experience suffering in life when you feel forsaken by God. I want you to circle that word feel. Because one of the mistakes that I find that we make in life many times, we govern our actions and our attitude around feelings more than we do facts. We jump to conclusions. Why? Because of what we feel and we don't take time to gather the facts. David says to us in Psalm 22, verse 1, he feels forsaken. Watch what the text says. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This phrase was a phrase that was borrowed by Jesus as the fourth word, fourth utterance on the cross when he was paying the price for our sins. But David shares this not with the cross in mind, but with his own difficulties in mind. David is talking to God and David says, God, why have you forsaken me? That word forsake is an interesting word because it has multiple meanings depending on the context within which it appears. It can appear in a place where it means to leave, to forsake, to abandon with no intention of coming back to be left behind or to neglect. This abandonment does not have to be factual. It can just be felt. And it doesn't have to be permanent. It may be temporary. But in this text, I believe David is speaking to a neglect that he feels of God not moving on his behalf despite his personal relationship with God. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for a second, see if I can help somebody. So here is David saying, I have this covenant relationship with you, God. You are my God. I am a part of Israel, your chosen people. Let's go one step further. God, I'm a man after your own heart. You said so yourself. If anybody has a relationship with you, it's me. But in spite of my relationship with you, God, why I am praying and you are not answering, I don't understand. God, why am I going through everything I'm going through? I'm a good person, God. You said so yourself. Why am I having to deal with all of this stuff? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you neglected to respond to my cry? Look at what he says. Verse one, the B part. Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest see David has two issues here one God I want to know why you haven't kept me out of this stuff that I'm in right now that's not my fault and then secondly if you didn't keep me out of it God why didn't you get me out sooner before I had to call on you and ask you to help me because God you know I don't deserve this See, David is concerned about God's inactivity, not his inability. Uh, David is not questioning whether God is able or not. He is questioning why God hasn't done what he's been asking him to do. 
And somebody in here, you need to ask yourself that question because watch this. You've been asking God to come through. If you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, if you are washed in the blood and sealed by the Holy Ghost, he says, uh, you are my child, right? I have adopted you in the family. And sometime in life, you get to the point that you say, okay, God, all of that is theologically true. Then why am I going through all of this? Okay, maybe I'm just talking to myself. Y'all real holy. All y'all never had any problems in life. I'm talking to me. So let me raise both my hands. You know, make me want to holler, raise both my hands, right? Anybody in here ever been through something and you say, God, why? Like, God, I've been praying. I've been fasting and praying. I've been praying fast and crying. I've been crying fast and praying, crying fast and and you not moving, God. And David basically shows us three things that can cause you to feel like God has forsaken you. Look at A. You can feel forsaken by God when he doesn't answer your cry for help. David calls him. He recognizes that he is enthroned on the praises of Israel But he says, I've been crying and I've been praying and God, you have not been answering. You have not delivered me. You have not kept me from and you have not brought me out. Somebody in here right now, listen, whenever you go through something in life and you are praying and you're asking God and he doesn't answer. Listen, it is not abnormal to feel something. That you've been forsaken by God. Y'all, especially when you start thinking about the folk that you know are not even trying to do right. I mean, they're not even trying to do right. And they seem to be just living their life. They're living their best life. And you're like, Jesus, I've been trying to live right. I'll be saying no when I want to say yes. And I say yes when when my body wants to say no. God, I've been trying to do right. Why have you forsaken me look at b you can feel forsaken by god when you are attacked by people around you david says look at verse six but i am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people all who see me mock me they make mouths at me they wag their head he says i am a worm I am, I feel the lowest of low. I feel like anybody can take advantage of me, step on me, stomp on me. And he said, look at how people act with me. He said, they scorn me. They despise me. They mock me. They make mouths at me. You know what making mouth at somebody is? Right? I ain't gonna say it out loud, but you gonna get the message. Uh, they wag their heads at me. Mm-mm-mm. Right? It's, it's all of that nonverbal stuff. You don't have to say a word. I catch your attitude by your actions. D- David said, I've got folk who are looking at me, who are ridiculing me, who are saying he trusts in the Lord. Verse 8. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. David said, they're teasing me because I love you, Lord. And they're saying, oh, if he loved the Lord because the Lord heard his cry, then let's see if the Lord going to hear this cry. David looked around and saw Enemies that were so brutal, he even compared them to animals. And somebody in here right now, you feel forsaken because of the enemies that are surrounding you. The enemies that are around you. Look at C. You can feel forsaken by God when your spirit is wounded within. When your spirit is wounded within. Watch what David says. 
I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. David, David, David shifts his focus from those who are trying to do harm around him to how he's feeling within himself. Let me see if I can knock on somebody's door and see if any of this sounds familiar for you. He says, I am poured out like water. I'm weak. And all my bones are out of joint. My body aches. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. I lack inner strength. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt. No physical strength. My tongue sticks to my jaws. I have nothing to say. You lay me in the dust. Depression has become my bedfellow. I count all my bones. You lose weight because of what you're going through. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. Watch this. People seem to win at my expense. David said, I'm going through all of that on the inside, not counting what I'm dealing with on the outside. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Based on my covenant relationship with you, I shouldn't have to go through all of this. But here's what David discovers. Even with a covenant relationship, David did not get an exemption from problems in life. My brothers and sisters, let me help somebody today. Just because you love God, just because you've made a commitment to God, just because you give your tithes and your offerings, just because you give God your time, talent, and your treasure does not mean you will get an exemption from problems in life. As a matter of fact, most of us don't display who we really are in Jesus, not when we're kept from our trials, but as we go through our trials. It is then that we can show the world what it means to know and love Jesus. Anyone under the sound of my voice ever felt forsaken by God? Anybody went through something where you feel like God has just kind of turned his back on you? He didn't hear your prayers and if he heard them, he didn't answer your prayers like you needed him, like you wanted him to answer your prayers? Somebody in here can testify you've had to deal with some stuff that you didn't feel was fair based on your relationship with God. Somebody else, maybe you feel like God should have gotten you out quicker than he did and should have bought you out without the scars that you had to leave with. David feels forsaken. And David says, you and I, if we're going to make sense out of this and see God in our suffering, we need to make a shift, which leads me to the second thing. Number two, if you're going to see God in your suffering, you have to learn how to pray in your time of suffering. You've got to learn how to pray. Everybody say pray. Now, here's what's interesting. From the very beginning, in his complaining, David is praying. Don't miss this. Look at verse one. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? David is praying. He's talking to God. He's talking to the right person, even if he's not saying the right thing. But here's what I want you to see in here. Don't miss this. Even when you don't know what to say good, good to God, it's better to talk to him than not talk to him at all. He, he prays and, and in his prayer, he makes a fundamental philosophical intentional shift. Listen carefully. He shifts from complaining to now trusting. Watch what he says. Look at verse three. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. 
in, in you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. Go to verse eight. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. For he delights in him. Look at verse nine. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. So watch what David says. David says, in the midst of my struggle, I've got to remember who you are. And when I remember who you are and what you have done, because you taught me, Lord, how to trust you when I was just a baby on my mother's knee. Matter of fact, you didn't start teaching me the lesson to trust you with me. You started with my parents and with my parents' parents. You taught them how to trust you. And now when I look back over my life and see what you've done in my life, I need to learn how to trust you. And watch this, trust you even when what you're doing or not doing doesn't make sense with what I want. This song in the first part focuses on, on suffering. But now David says, let me refocus on the throne of God. I'm not going to talk anymore. David says about people around me. I'm not going to talk about anymore what people have done to me or how they make me feel about myself. He says, no, I'm going to change my focus now. In my prayer, I'm going to start talking to God and start telling God about my troubles. And so David prays, he prays, he, he, he tells God, God, I, I understand. And now I know I need to put my trust in you. And there's somebody in here who may be asking the question. You may have read ahead a little bit in your devotional. You may have been asking yourself, where is God in the midst of suffering? And I want to tell you, God is in the same place he was when you weren't suffering. He is there. Now watch this. You just got to recognize that your feelings may not always align with the facts. So you got to go with the facts instead of your feelings because you are always entitled to your own feelings, but you're never entitled to your own facts. And God, the Bible says, is there. This is a turning point in the psalm, y'all. And this ought to be a turning point for somebody right now. I don't know. Some of y'all may have missed your shouting moment right there. You, you, you got to learn how to pray and focus on God. Can, can I tell you something? Prayer is not enough if your prayers are not focusing on God. Listen, if you're praying and you're focusing on your problems and not your problem solver, if you're praying and you're complaining to God about what you're going through instead of celebrating the one who can bring you through. If you're praying, talking about how big your problems are instead of talking to God about how big your problem solver is, you will miss the benefit of prayer. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you have to learn how to praise God. In your time of suffering. You got to learn how to pray. But in your prayer, you got to learn how to praise God. Everybody say praise. You got to learn how to praise God in your time of suffering. Look at verse 22. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. Watch what he says in verse 24. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation my vows I will perform before those who fear 
him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. Listen, the story doesn't end in petitioning God in prayer. A shift takes place now from just petitioning God to praising God. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's, Here's a question. If the first part of the psalm was complaining in prayer, how do we move now to celebrating in prayer? Especially when we see no evidence that the situation changed. How did he move from prayer and petitioning to praise if the situation didn't change? I'm glad you asked. The reason it changed was not because the situation changed, but because his focus changed. He stopped giving all of his attention to the problem and started focusing on the only one who could solve his problem. See, in your suffering, when you are expected to pray, uh, we pray, but we may not pray in the right way. And somebody may ask the question, well, if, if I pray, how, how can I shift? Because watch this. It makes sense to pray and I'm suffering. I don't understand this praise in my suffering. I got you, Pastor. I need to do a better job praying when I'm going through. But praising? Wait a minute, what what am I praising God about? What what, what do I have? I understand grieving, but how do I shift from grief to glory? I understand petitioning and praying, but how do I shift from petitioning to praising? I understand suffering, Pastor, but how do I shift from suffering to celebrating when my situation hasn't changed? David says you got to shift from suffering to celebration because you stop focusing on what you're going through and you start focusing on the only one who can bring you through. In other words, when you are going through what you're going through, when you focus on the negative, all you're going to get is negative when you focus on what has you down all you're going to get is what has you down and it's going to keep you down but when you focus on the God who is able to bring you out when you focus on the one who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think when you focus on the one who is more concerned about you being holy than being happy. You can see a bright side in your dark day because you know God won't put more on you than you and he can handle together. Now it may be more than you can handle by yourself, but I got news for you. When you put God in the equation, And you let God have his way. He's able to do what no other power can do. Have I got a witness here? It all depends on what you focus on. Let me see if I can help you. If I focus on fear, then I'm focusing on myself. But when I focus on God, I get faith instead of fear. When I focus on myself I get grieving but when I focus on God I get glory and honor when I focus on suffering sadness and feeling sorry for myself I get down but when I learn how to celebrate God being God I get to the place where I can give him the praise no matter what I'm going through because watch this my circumstances may change My situation may change, but how many of you know God is still God? And because he's still God, I need to celebrate who he is in order to get through what I'm going through. Petitioning is what I do when I focus on myself.
but praise is what I do when I focus on God worrying is what I do when I focus on myself but trusting in the Lord is what I do when I focus on God Ooh, yes I feel all right today because when I think about how far God has brought me when I think about how he made a way for me through many dangers toils and snares I have already come but thank God his grace and his mercy kept me Somebody asked the question, where is God? In the midst of suffering. Ah. Ah, where is God? In the midst of suffering. I need you to know he's there. Even when you can't feel him, he's there. Even when you can't see him, he's there. Even when you get at your lowest point and you say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. Lord, if you withdraw yourself from me, where shall I go? I need you to know he's there. I need you to know he's there. Sing, Elder. He was there all the time. He was there all the time, waiting patiently in line. He was there all the time. 
was there all the time. He was there all the time, waiting patiently in line. He was there all the time. Listen, somebody right now, I want you, if you can, just think about what you've been through somebody what you're going through right now and you've been trying to figure out how you were going to make it and, and what you don't realize maybe until this moment is you have made it and you only made it because he was there somebody today I need you to rejoice in that what God didn't keep you from, he kept you through. He didn't keep you from it, but he kept you through it. You was wondering how you were going to make it. And somebody in here, you didn't know if you were going to make it another week. And it's been more than a month. Some of you didn't know if you were going to make it another month. And it's been over a year. Some of you didn't know if you were going to make it a year. And it's been five years, ten years. And it's because he was there. You didn't see it. You didn't sense it. But he was there. Marriage about to break up. He was there. Child going astray. He was there. Thought you were going to lose your job. He was there. Lost your job. God blessed you with another one. He was there. He was there. Come on, I need somebody who'll just lift their hands and say, Yes, sir. You were there, Lord. You were there. You were there for me, God. You were there. You was there. You were there. Come on, somebody lift your hands and worship him. All the time. Waiting patiently. Come on, look back over your life. You can see where he made ways for you. You didn't even realize he was making a way. He was there. He was there. Yes, sir. He was there. All the Somebody today, you're here right now. That suffering sometimes can show up in public. But how many of you know sometimes that suffering is even worse in private? Right? In other words, you look better right now than you feel on the inside. Going through some things nobody really knows about. Somebody in here, you're going through some things, even though your husband, your wife may be your best friend, you can't even tell them about it. You just, you're going through it. And here's what I want you to know, you're not going through it by yourself. God is with you. Right now, God is with you. He is here right now, going through it with you. We're not talking about a past tense God. We're talking about a present tense God. Right now, he is with you. He is with you. As this song is being sung, I want you to come somebody who may be dealing with and going through something in life. Listen, there's a QR code on the screen. If you want to ask the Lord into your life, you can use that QR code. Um, if you want to accept Jesus, if you want to become part of our church family, you can use that QR code. But if you're here right now and you want to come forward, you just, you just want some, you just need a hug. You just need somebody to pray with you right now to touch and agree with you right now. I want to give you an opportunity to come. If you're up in the balcony, we'll wait for you to come. If you're downstairs to my left or my right, we won't look at you funny. Matter of fact, we're not only going to rejoice when you come, 
we're going to start rejoicing right now to let you know that we want you to come. Come on, we want you to come right now. We've been praying for you, praying that God would bring you, praying that God would make himself real in your life. Keep on giving God praise. If you're upstairs or down, come on, everybody stand on your feet. If you're upstairs, come on, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Rest yourself on your feet wherever you are. Come on, I want to make it easy for you so you don't have to get up by yourself. Everybody standing up around you. Come on and say, yes, I want to come to the Lord. Somebody you're here and your family, they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to make a decision for Jesus. Come on and lead your family. Come on and come right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. He is here. Come on and come right now. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Come on, somebody else. Somebody else say yes today. To break the yoke and lift the heavy burden. Bless you, baby. Bless you, brother. He is here. Come on, somebody else. God is here. Yeah. To mend the broken heart and bless the broken. Oh, come lay down. Bless you, bless you. I see you. The burdens you have carried. For in the sanctuary, God is here. Come on, let's sing it again. He is here. Come on. Come on, somebody. God is, God is here. He's waiting. He's waiting for you right now. Come on. To break the yoke and lift the heavy burden. God is here. God is here. And bless the broken. Oh, come lay down. Come lay down. The burdens, the burdens you have carried. The burdens you've been carrying. Come lay them down. For in the sanctuary. For in this sanctuary, God is here. God is here. Oh, come lay down. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried for in the sanctuary. God is here. I'm, I'm going to take one minute. I'm going to take one minute. Because the Lord has just put it on my heart that there are several of you. I, 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 I got a number five who are carrying some burdens and God's saying you don't have to carry those burdens alone there's five of you I, this is not, listen to me I'm not talking about membership because some of y'all are members and here's what I want you to know God is saying don't come into church with the burden and leave here with the burden. I, I don't know what the burden is. I'm not asking you what the burden is. God knows. And here's what I sense God saying. As an act of faith, make that step. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, or whatever it is that you're wrestling with. Oh, come lay down the burden you. For in the sanctuary, God is here. 
Come on, some, whatever it is, whatever it is, you, you've been carrying it, you've been carrying it, and, and, and you've been trying to be here. You've been trying to carry it for you, yourself. You've been privately carrying this pain. Set free, God. Set free, God. Release me. just look around you I want to make sure everybody some just came up I want to make sure this I don't want them standing in the crowd and standing alone look around you and make sure somebody make sure everybody's touching somebody join hands with somebody yeah sometimes it's 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 what we're wrestling with from enemies without sometimes it's the wounds that are within. And I don't know what the cause is, but I do know who the solution is. And somebody in here knows that if God doesn't fix it, there's some stuff just not going to get fixed without him. Have I got a witness in here? But how many of you know he's able to change hearts and change minds and change situations? How many of you know and you're not ashamed to say he did it in your life? Because you haven't always been where you are right now. And God has had to do a work in you. He is here. He is here. To break the yoke. And lift the heavy burden. Mm-hmm. He is here. Lord Jesus. God is here. He's here to mend the broken heart and bless the broken. Oh, come lay down the burdens you have carried, for in the sanctuary, God is here. Father, we come to you right now as humbly as we know how, first thanking you. That no matter what we feel, the fact is you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, we commit to your hands all that we are carrying right now. The burdens, the cares, the secrets, the shame, the rejection. The strongholds, God, we, we, we commit them to you right now, God. The heavy load, the burden is too much for us to carry, God. 
For somebody under the sound of my voice, God, they've been faking it so long that they have forgotten what it means to even be real with you. God, have your way and have mercy right now. God, we, we, we worry, we are concerned about issues in part because they are beyond our ability to control them. They are beyond our ability to change them. There are people that we are, are, are praying for that we've been worrying about. And God, at the end of the day, we have to learn how to trust you. And God, sometimes in the midst of the struggle, we don't see fully and clearly what you're already doing. So we want to stop right now, God, just to first say thank you for what you're already doing. Because God, we know that based on all that we have gone through and are going through for somebody today, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, because even in the struggle, you've given us the strength to keep on struggling. Even when there's times when the finances may not be all they need to be, but, but we haven't missed a meal, haven't lost weight, you're still keeping us, you're still making a way, and sometimes in the struggle, we don't say thank you. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Because your faithfulness doesn't always show up the way we want it to. But it always shows up in you. God, every care, every concern, every burden, every storm, every struggle, every issue that is here in this place and even all over the world. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch and move by your spirit. Allow your power, God, to show up. And God, move your people to trust you in the midst of everything that they're dealing with. Take our focus, God, off of our issues, our circumstances, our situations. Help us to focus on you. God, where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference. Because there's some stuff, God, that's even beyond our ability to articulate. All we can say is have mercy, Lord. But we know if you do it, God, it's going to get done. And we give you the glory and honor for it right now. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give somebody a hug. Tell them we're going to make it. Tell them you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Tell them with God's help, we're going to make it. Come on, tell them with God's help, we're going to make it.